One of the best things you can do to improve your preaching is to get more helpful and better feedback on your messages. This is one of the shortcuts to improving as a communicator, as a public speaker, and as a preacher, is just to know how to ask for and receive better and more helpful feedback. So in this episode, episode 72, we're gonna talk about how to get more helpful feedback because what I have found is that most feedback is not that great. Most feedback is just kind of generalized. Hey, that's a great sermon. Hey, good job. And it doesn't really do much for you other than maybe make you feel good, especially if you're new to preaching. Those compliments can be really encouraging, but they don't do much for your actual improvement. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to seek out and improve better feedback from the right people. And here's a little secret. You can actually learn from and get help from anybody who's willing to offer feedback. You just have to know how to receive it, what to take in and internalize and use to make yourself better, what to ignore and everything in between. So we're going to jump into that here on the Preaching Donkey Podcast. My name is Lane. This is your Preaching Donkey Podcast, episode 72. I want to invite you to download my free 21-day guide to creating killer sermons. You can go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, pick it up there. It's a three-week, three-step process that will walk you through how to create and deliver a compelling, life-changing sermon. So whether you've been preaching for a long time and you're just always looking for a fresh, new approach, or if you're new to preaching and you're looking for any resource you can put your hands on to help you out, there's something in there for you. No matter who you are, no matter what level of preaching you're at, go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days and you can find it there. All right, so this is an article from Preaching Donkey that I wrote back in October of 2014, how to get more helpful feedback on your sermons. We're gonna look through it. We're gonna draw out some implications for us right now and it's going to be the the bomb.org as they say. There are few things more vulnerable than preaching. If you do it right, it is a moment when you bare your soul for the world to see. Don't you feel that? Don't you feel that when you preach that you're not just getting up and giving a presentation. You are literally bearing your soul if you do it right. So it makes sense that you wonder what people think of your preaching. You want to know if your sermon worked. Did God use it to move people? Sometimes you just want someone to tell you that you did a great job so you don't feel as awful about your mediocre sermon. Listen, we've all been there, especially if you're new to preaching or especially if you just have an off day, an off sermon. We all, we've all been there. Most of us walk away from a sermon we've preached with this resounding thought, validate me world. Validate me, congregation. Tell me how great my sermon was because I need to feel worthy as a person. (laughs) Categorically positive feedback is acceptable from your mom or your spouse. What do I mean by categorically positive? I mean people just in your corner saying, great job. Love the job you did. I'm so proud of you. That was awesome. You're awesome. That's fine. From the people who are closest to you, who love you, who just want to cheer you on, everyone needs someone cheering them on. But you have to pursue more meaningful feedback from others if you want to get better. You should seek feedback that actually makes a difference. You want the kind that tells you if your sermon sermons are doing what they're supposed to do, which is making an impact. 
But most people don't give this kind of feedback naturally. If your listeners are trying to say something nice about your preaching, they generally stick to one of three responses. That was a great sermon. Enjoyed your sermon. Your sermon really spoke to me. Those are the three things. Enjoyed your sermon, preacher. Great sermon, preacher. That really spoke to me. If they want to get, if they want to see more specific, they'll say, your sermon really spoke to me. <laughs> None of these are helpful. They might make you feel good for a minute or two, but they don't do anything to help you improve. Why? Because they're not specific, right? What was it? What made it a great sermon? What made you enjoy it? How did it speak to you? Those are the things that I really need to know to know what worked in this message. And this is especially important if you're preaching multiple services. If somebody comes up to you after the first service and says, wow, your message really spoke to me, and they walk away, and you don't know how to draw something more out of them, then you don't know what in the next sermon to emphasize, right? And sometimes you don't always have to just emphasize what somebody told you spoke to them, but sometimes knowing that can really be helpful. So the question is, how do you get more helpful feedback on your sermons? The key point of feedback you're looking for is impact. When someone gives you feedback, you want to know how your sermon impacted them. It could be something you said. It could be the way you said it. It could be how you set up a point. It could be your application of a scripture. It could be virtually anything you said or did. All that matters is how it impacted them. And this is important for you to know because it helps you understand how you're coming across to your listeners. Most negative feedback is rooted in miscommunication between the preacher, between what the preacher intended and how it was perceived. The more you can understand how you are being perceived, the better you can communicate to your audience. So negative feedback most of the time, not always, but most of the time is just because they either heard what you didn't say or they didn't hear what you said. They either heard what you didn't say, right? I cannot tell you how many times people have come up to me and repeated back to me what they heard me say which is not what I said, right? I know what I said. I know how I said it. I planned it out. I could go back and watch the video, and nine times out of ten, I know exactly what I said. However, they heard what I didn't say, right? That's a, And sometimes that's God working, right? Sometimes that is just the Holy Spirit speaking to them in their specific situation and to their specific need through using your words that might spur a thought and then they attribute it as a quote from you. It's not always bad, but sometimes it is bad because sometimes they hear what you didn't say and then get mad at you for saying it and you didn't say it, right? Other times they don't hear what you did say. So maybe you're t- if you're talking about something that is difficult to talk about, difficult for you to say, difficult for them to hear, and you give a caveat. You issue the caveats. You give the disclaimer. Sometimes they don't hear those, or sometimes they hear what you're not saying, or they don't They don't hear that you did say, oh, and about this, and oh, and about that. We've all been there. If you haven't been there, you just need to preach more, and you'll get there. Someone will not hear what you did say and hear what you didn't say. So sometimes negative feedback is rooted in that miscommunication. 
So you're looking for as specific of feedback as possible so you can get a good grasp on what is actually making an impact. Not just what do they misunderstand, what do they not hear, but what from what you said, how are they perceiving it and what is actually making an impact. And before we move on to this, I wanna mention, you can actually learn a lot from the miscommunication. So if communication is about the listener, not about you, the communicator, it's about what they hear so they can do something with it. And they're always or very often hearing what you didn't say or not hearing what you did say, eventually that becomes your issue. That's a you problem. You are not communicating. When this happens to me, I have to realize I'm not communicating well enough and clear enough for them to actually hear what I'm saying and not hear what I'm not saying. That becomes on me. Now, again, you look for patterns because sometimes people just hear what you didn't say and there's nothing you can do about it. And in those times, you just offer some clarity and move on. But the times when this becomes a pattern, you have to say, well, okay. Like for example, I was preaching one time and I was talking about the nature of justification. Justification being this uh, the, the theological implications of justification, that we are justified by faith, uh, th- by grace through faith. Um, and somewhere in there, uh, a guy heard me say that you don't need to go to church to be justified. And probably what happened is I probably used church attendance as an example of one of the ways that we try to earn our own justification by works. And I was only trying to say that that is not the way that you earn justification because you can't earn justification. You No good work is going to earn your way to God's favor. That was done on the cross by Jesus and his sacrifice in our place for our sins. And it's when we put our faith in him that we experience justification. Theologically, that's what I was teaching. What he heard was, I don't need to go to church. (laughs) So a, a few months later, we don't see much of him. You know, he's not around very much. Somebody asked him on our staff, hey, haven't seen you in a while. And he said, well, you know, a few months ago, Lane preached that church attendance is not important. So you know, we don't really like going and my family doesn't like to go, so we just don't go anymore. And I, was, I couldn't believe it. I reached out. I said, man, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant to say. That's not what I hope. That's not what I wanted you to hear. Um, wow, what a misunderstanding. And we worked it out and, and they, you know, they worked their way back in. And I think some of that was just using my words as an excuse to do what they really just wanted to do was to just stop attending. But the point is they heard what I didn't say and there's really nothing I could have done differently other than issuing a thousand caveats about, I'm not saying you don't need to go to church. It can become, it, it can become cluttered when you're constantly worried about what somebody might hear. So sometimes you can't avoid it. But in those moments, when you get feedback, it's helpful to ask about the impact How is what I'm saying impacting you? So let's assume that people are giving you that positive feedback where it's, hey, that was a great sermon. I really enjoyed your sermon. You really spoke to me. How do we really get to the bottom of what the impact is? Because these are the kind of feedback. This is the positive feedback where they did hear us, 
They most likely did understand at least something about what we were saying, and it spoke to them. So rather than them just saying that was a great sermon and walking away, how do we get there? So we're going to back to those, those top three reasons, and we're going to look for as specific feedback as possible, and we're going to try to get people to explain to us, to elaborate a little more about the impact. So when they say that was a great sermon, you ask, why? What made it a great sermon specifically? Very simple question is why? That was a great sermon. What made it a great sermon? Why do you say that? Hey, thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. If you don't mind, what made it a good sermon? I really enjoyed your sermon. You, you would say, great, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. What, what did you enjoy about it? Why did you enjoy it? Help me understand. I'd love to know. One simple question will get them to go from, I really enjoyed your sermon as a passing comment to having to sit there and go, you know, when you said... XYZ, it it just impacted me because of the situation I'm in. And boom, now you have a real life human example of how your words are making an impact on a person's life. Your sermon really spoke to me, right? Somebody might say that. Well, you ask, what part? How did it speak to you? And just let them talk. And most of the time, a lot of people are going to stand there and go, whoa, I didn't expect you to say this. I didn't expect you to ask me this. But yeah, if I had to think about it, it spoke to me because of da 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 And what this does, it's, it starts to, one, if you do this enough, it starts to train those people who have that kind of knee-jerk response of, you just preach the sermon, they run into you, the polite thing to say is, good message, and it shifts it to them actually walking out of the sermon, walking away from the church, actually thinking about how to apply your message, actually thinking about what about it made such an impact. That's an important thing. If you can get them to give you even one point of specific feedback, then it will be far more beneficial for you. It may be awkward to do this in every situation, but do this as often as you can because it will help you know what is working and what isn't. To get better, uh, you need to get better feedback. Sometimes you have to ask. You have to ask for it. Now, let's let's go to negative feedback. How do you respond to negative feedback? Louis Giglio says sermon preparation is like labor and delivery. After pregnancy and labor, you are committed to your sermon. Delivering is hard work, but it's worth it because your little sermon is precious to you. You can't imagine a world without your sermon in it. It's, it's really hurtful when somebody says your sermon was bad. Try walking up to a new mother and telling her that her baby is ugly, right? After you pick yourself up off the ground, you'll think twice about saying something like that again. The idea is that your sermon is something that you worked on and you worked it's really a part of you. If you do it right, it's kind of you are writing the sermon, but the sermon is also writing you. It, it's, a, it's a really interesting process that happens when you write a sermon. And sometimes this is more than others, right? Sometimes you just have to get it done because Sunday's coming. And other times it is a it is a uh, an, an endeavor of you and the word and the spirit and his guidance and all of these things coming together. And you work on it and you pray over it and you think about it and then you deliver it. And then somebody tells you it stinks. That's like having a baby, right? And somebody telling you that your 
baby is ugly, but your sermon is your baby and sometimes your baby is ugly, right? That's just the reality. So you have to be careful not to take negative feedback personally because it can often help you improve. If your listeners don't think you can handle it, they will withhold negative feedback. By the way, this is why your preaching team and how you set it up is so vital to your success as a preacher. If your staff, if the people on your staff are afraid of hurting your feelings, or worse, if they're afraid of putting themselves in some kind of danger from a staffing perspective, if they do anything less than just tickle your ego, then you're never going to improve like you could. The people around you should feel comfortable offering you feedback that's not always just glowing positive feedback. And they can work on how they offer quote unquote negative feedback in a way that's not meant to just hurt your feelings. It should never be meant to be hurtful to you. But if something impacted someone in a bad way, in a negative way, was unclear, it should not be a huge deal to tell you. It should be something that they should be able to say, when you said X, it impacted me in this way, in this negative way. It made me feel uh, anxious. It made me feel it was cringeworthy. I felt like it was embarrassing. Whatever it was, it should be okay for them to offer those kinds of criticisms. And if they know that either your ego can't handle it or they're going to be punished if they dare say something, then you're just not going to improve like you could. And you're not going to be the kind of communicator that you could be. So you need to give people permission to be honest with you about your sermon, even when they have corrective comments. Without coming across defensive, ask for clarification in the same way you do with positive feedback. So usually negative feedback is more specific than positive. So clarifying questions may be much easier for them to answer. If you think about it, if somebody leaves a, a Yelp review about a restaurant that's positive, it's going to be somewhat generalized. It's going to be something like, something like we loved it, the crab cakes were great, uh, could not recommend it more highly, definitely go, service was awesome, we loved it, right? You know, a little bit of specificity, but basically we loved it, you should go there, highly recommend. If it's a negative review, it's going to be way more specific, right? We walked in, it took 30 minutes for us to get seated when they told us it was gonna be 10. We sat down, the table was dirty, underneath it there was gum stuck to the chair. It took 17 minutes for someone to come and greet us, and then it took 35 minutes for them to come back and take our order, right? It's very specific when it's negative. The same is true when you get feedback on your sermon. Positive feedback, very, very general, great sermon. Negative feedback, well, it tends to be a little bit more specific, but you still have to ask clarifying questions. Why was it this way? Like, what about me saying that made a difference? So if somebody says your sermon, yeah, that was a terrible sermon, <laughs> you ask, what made it terrible? Your sermon made me wish I were dead. Well, you ask, what about it no longer made you want to live? Uh, I've never heard a more terrible sermon than the one you just gave. You say, I could tell you some great podcast, right? Go check them out. Fine. So, so the point is, even if somebody gives negative feedback, the, the tendency 
the the desire, at least if you're anything like me, the desire is always going to be to want to be understood. So I'm going to view it as a miscommunication and I'm going to very quickly try to let you know that you un- you misunderstood what I said. That's not what I meant. That's not what I said. And I have to resist that urge and really listen and ask clarifying questions to really truly start to understand where you're coming from, why it should matter to me, why it does matter to me, and how I can better connect and relate to you and others like you in my next sermon. That's all I can do. That's all you can do. Finally, when it comes to negative feedback, you don't have to take a beating. If you just preach the sermon, you are coming off of an adrenaline high and you are in no position to defend yourself. Set up a meeting, give them your email or politely thank them and leave it at that. Going toe-to-toe with someone after you preach is usually not productive. I This happened to me a few years ago. I preached a message and I felt good about the message, felt like it was fine. Somebody walked up to me after the message, met me down front. This was after the first service and I had two more to preach that day and they had a list, a list of things that they wanted to like walk me through that they felt like was wrong with the sermon. And what it came down to was this was a man who was very sensitive to anything that came across harsh towards men. He felt like men kind of take too much abuse in the church. And he felt like some of the comments that I made that were directed towards men were too direct and maybe a little bit too um, condemning. And he had a list and his list was specific and it was harsh. And I stood there while, and I had to use the bathroom, not to be crass, but I, you know, I drink a lot of water before I speak. And when that sermon's over, I go down to the front, pray with anybody who needs prayed with, talk to who anybody who needs talking to, and then I got to go to the bathroom <laughs> before the next message. I got to go to the bathroom before the next service starts. And he's talking to me and he's telling me, you, you are in the wrong. You shouldn't have said this. This is condemning. This is hurtful. You're going to lead people astray. And it wrecked me. And I, the next sermon, I felt so deflated. I felt so beaten down. I was questioning everything about my sermon. I was questioning everything about what I said. And I had to just push through that. And I, I had to uh, rely on the preparation that I had done, the Holy Spirit leading that I felt like that I had for that message. And I had to just make the most of it and preach that message two more times. Now, if I had to go back, what would I do? As soon as I saw the somebody pull out a piece of paper with critiques, I would, I would say, listen, I respect you. I appreciate you. I... If none of this is about doctrine, true essential doctrine that I got wrong, it can wait and just set a boundary and give that person my email and say, I will meet with you tomorrow to discuss whatever you think was egregious about this message, but I'm not going to stand here and take a beating. I got two more of these to do. That's just my approach. Um, You can do what you want with that if that happens to you. Let me know what you think. How do you respond to feedback, both positive and negative? And how do you get more helpful feedback on your messages? I'd love to know. Go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days. Pick up your free guide there. 
I appreciate you. I appreciate the ministry that you do. The work that you do matters. I'll see you next week.